0: Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. Paul Clay sitting in for Jess today. Paul, thanks for joining us, brother.
1: Terry, thank you again for having me.
0: Great, uh, You know, and I have the same barber. We're bald-headed guys that love Jesus. <laughs> hey, I wanted to, I'm really pumped up today, and I'll tell you why, Paul. Uh, this analysis from the CDC data is showing a massive spike in deaths of millennials, and the statistics are just showing that we had more deaths during the two years of the pandemic off of millennials dying than all the men and women that died in the Vietnam War. What? Yes. Well, Terry, Terry, I, I didn't get that on the news. No, you won't get it on the news. That's <laughs> oh, okay. Right. It's, it's not part of the narrative people are that's supposed right. to hear. But that's, that's, right. that's indicative of what Virgin Most Powerful Radio talks about because we are not controlled by the media. We, you know That's what we're right. controlled by? Jesus Christ and his Amen. teachings. Because we've given our will to Christ. We have said, Jesus, let me be an instrument in the proclaiming the truth.
1: Well, deplorables, Paul, that, deplorables that we are,
0: Terry. Absolutely. <laughs> Amen to that. Sinners, you got it. Also, we're going to talk about uh, Sister uh, Dee Dee Burns, how she's suing Washington over the COVID vaccine mandates for healthcare workers. She's quite a, a nun. Also, Paul, what excites me is when bishops stand up like Bishop Strickland does every week here on Virgin Most Powerful and says things that are just politically incorrect. Well, another Mexican diocese is denying Holy Communion to Catholic politicians who voted to legalize abortion. And not only are they not going to. Loving that. Yeah, I love it. Not only Holy Communion, they can't even stand in to become sponsors for confirmation because they're not living the Catholic faith. Well, Well, that's great. Yeah, that's a good news story. Also, I want to encourage, uh, yesterday we broke the news about Pope Francis asking the, uh, I should say the bishops of the Ukraine asking the Holy Father to consecrate Russia. And so I'm asking everybody to get their local bishops to do that. Now, Bishop Strickland yesterday, like minutes after it was announced, he says, Done deal. We're doing it in my diocese. Well, I just got word that the Latin American bishops are joining the Holy Father that day. It would be nice to have Los Angeles, New York, all the dioceses of the world unite in this consecration to the Blessed Mother for Russia. Hey, uh, Paul, we've got so much more today to talk about. We've got got our friend uh, from church militant Michael Voris coming in to give us what they're doing on the Catholic News for tonight. But before we get to all of this, I'd like to get some soul food. We call it the gospel of the mass of the day. Uh, Paul, would you want me to read that? And then you can give some commentary. Or would you, are you in a position to read uh, the gospel of today, Matthew chapter 20, verse 17 to 28? Now I can read it, Terry. That would well, be good. You, you got it, partner. Let's do it.
1: And as he was going up to Jerusalem, he took the 12 disciples aside. And on the way he said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered to the chief priests and scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles to be mocked and scourged and crucified, and he will be raised on a third day. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came to him with her sons, and kneeling before him, she asked him for something. And he said to her, What do you want? She said to him, command that these two sons of mine sit one at your right hand and the other at your left in your kingdom. But Jesus answered, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? They said to him, we are able. He said to them, you will drink my cup, but to sit on my right and at the left is not mine to grant. But it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my Father. And when the ten heard it, they were indignant at the two brothers. But Jesus called to them, uh, called to him, and said, "You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant." And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The gospel of the Lord.
0: Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
1: Wow. That's What a, a powerful passage. Oh, you got that right. <laughs> what a powerful passage. You know, Terry, um, if Jesus, uh, you know, would have said, who wants to be a slave? Who wants to who wants to suffer yeah. who wants to be misunderstood and despised hated? how many hands do you think would have went up
0: uh, not not many I'll say <laughs> not many
1: yeah, I suspect none yeah but 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 that's the job description Terry to follow Christ we must emulate christ right, that's right. we must we must share in his suffering uh Jesus we have to remember Terry that jesus' kingdom is not of this world. Amen. And and God's ways are not man's ways. Right. Uh, and so, you know, when you know, we all have a worldview. So when we're tempted to, you know, to, to look at things, we have to understand as, 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 as believers in Christ, this world was never meant to be our home. Right. And as, as a matter of fact, Jesus said he sent us out like, like sheep to be slaughtered. Uh, um, and if you understand that uh you know you're, you're, you know you're not going to be afraid during these times. Uh, just listen to first corinthians four10 sure. we are fools for christ's sake amen, but you are wise in christ we We are weak, but you are strong see he's contrasting himself with you know with the people who who got it wrong here. Um, you are held in honor, but we in dis, uh, disrepute to the present hour we hunger and thirst. We are ill, buffeted, and homeless, and we labor working with our own hands. When reviled, we bless. When persecuted, we endure. When slandered, we try to uh, conciliate. We have become and are now as the refuse of the world, the the offscouring of all things. You know, see, this, you know, you know, is our call. See, if we're going to follow Christ, then we must share in his suffering, Terry. Yeah. And and if we understand that thoroughly, we can we can rest knowing that uh, our home is not in this world. Our home is in heaven. And we need to keep our, our focus on heaven. We need to understand that in this world, it means rolling up our sleeves. It means hard work. And yes, if necessary, it may even mean martyrdom. Uh, but it's okay. Because Christ, just as Christ has uh, died, Christ has risen. And if Christ has risen, so too will we rise. And so that's that's the message that I get for today. Stay encouraged and know that our citizenship is in heaven. It's not on this
0: earth. Amen. Life is short. Eternity is forever. Yes, Paul, yes. thanks for that. Let's bring the smartest guy into the room right now, Archbishop Oh, Sheen had talk about <laughs> happiness. My gosh! Here's what Sheen says: You will never be happy if your happiness depends on getting solely what you want. He says, change the focus, get a new center. Here comes the gold right here. Will what God wills, mm. and your joy, no man shall take from you. Yes, that that's a profound statement, especially about we say what. Well, I want to do the Father's will. You know, our Father, we pray the our Father that thy will be done. This is something that the world has forgotten because the world doesn't think God exists. They That's think right. their own God. So what? get God out of the way. If there is a God, who cares? I'm my own God. And this is the problem. And that's why happiness right now is at its lowest level because we've thrown God out of the equation.
1: Yes, Terry. And that's why I encourage people, you know, if you want to know God and if you want to know God's will, you have to stay in God's word. You have to, you know, every day take in God's word because there's no way you can know the heart of God if you if you don't if you ignore his
0: word. Well said Paul, I have another quote that I thought it, it, your name should be on it. It has a quote that says, "Unknown author," but I'm going to now officially give it Paul Clay's statement. Here's what it says: <laughs> "The church cannot be the salt of the earth if we keep the sh- if we keep sugarcoating the gospel." Paul oh. it's you, brother.
1: <laughs> yes, indeed. Listen. The salt of the earth. I like that that's that's pretty clever. Uh, if you sugarcoat the gospel. Yep. You cannot be the salt of the earth and God has called us to be the changing agent, you know, salt, yep. whatever salt comes into contact with, it's supposed to affect. And, uh, we know that, uh, if we sugarcoat the word of God, Terry, um, it just basically, uh, uh, it makes us, uh, not become effective for the ministry of Christ. Yep. Uh, that's the bottom line that's
0: just a great quote yeah it is and you know it kind of reminds me of like shortcuts huh? you know you don't yeah. want to uh, whether you're an athlete or a, or a student and you think oh i'm just going to pass this grade without studying no it doesn't work that way oh i'm an athlete <laughs> and i'm going to be the best boxer or the best ball player but without practicing no it doesn't work that way and in the gospel yeah. the church right now we're called to be the salt of the earth but again his statement says, and I'm quoting Paul Clay now. He's got the authority. I'm, I'm, I'm putting it on his because I can hear Paul saying this: If we keep sugarcoating the gospel, nothing will be done of God. Because we have to get back to the truth of the gospel, and that's what I wanted to communicate in that quote.
1: Oh, Terry, Terry, the sacred scripture tells us that you know, in that we're gonna have leaders who will tickle our ears. Right. You see. That, and that's exactly what that quote is, is speaking yep. to. We don't need our ears tickled. Yep. We need to hear the truth of God's word to get motivated.
0: You got it. When we come back, we're going to talk about the CDC data showing what? That over 60-some thousand millennials died. And let's find out why did they die and what, what went on there. Stay with us, family. It's going to blow you away. Blew me away.
2: Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse.
0: Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. Paul Clay sitting in for Jesse. Paul, you've got 30-some years of police background where you've had to do research on criminal cases, and uh, so you have always followed the facts Paul, hmm. I sent you this article regarding the CDC data showing a massive spike in deaths of the millennials after the vaccine mandates. I'd like you to share this article with our listeners and then put your police cap on and say, no, wait a minute, this uh something here's gone wrong. But I you know, I'd like to hear from your investigative mindset.
1: Yeah, Terry, this is this is actually, like you said, very shocking. Uh this is one of those situations where We've been talking about this now over the last couple of years, and this is one of those incidents where uh, we ended up being right, where I wish we were wrong. Amen. uh, Well said. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here we go. Uh, Massive spike in excess mortality in millennials after vaccine mandates. Former BlackRock portfolio manager and investor Edward Dowd is accusing the United States government of democide after an analysis of Centers for Disease Control data showed an 84% increase in excess mortality in millennials in the fall of 2021. Interesting. 84%, Terry. Dad. During a recent appearance on Steve Bannon's war room pandemic, Dowd said that an insurance industry expert analyzed the CDC's aggregate data and spoke down and broke down the number of mortalities by age and created baselines for each age group. All age groups experience excess mortality, wow. especially millennials, he said. Wow. A- and it would be more noticeable, Terry, in the millennials, because they're not supposed to be dying yet. <laughs> you know what exactly. I mean? Or at least Or at, at least not at an inordinate amount. And I like the fact that uh, it was an insurance expert that caught this. Oh, yeah. You know, they have and, to pay out. Yeah. Exactly. It would be them because they're, they're ones that have to pay out. Um, what we found is pretty shocking. Yeah. Dowd told Banning the millennial age group, 25 to 44. So we're talking about young people, Terry. Yep. It experienced an 84 percent increase in excess mortality in the fall. Doubt said calling it the worst excess mortality numbers in History. That is that, that is,
0: statement right there blows me away. The worst in history.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know they would like to say, well, it was a pandemic, but no, <laughs> this you know this group uh, wasn't high risk for the pandemic. Nope. And you know that the one thing that they all did was they listened to whatever the one-eyed monster I call the TV, the one-eyed monster, <laughs> good told them to do, yeah, and they did it, yeah, and as a result, they're suffering for it. Wow. Dowd pointed out that deaths accelerated after the mandates and boosters came out. See, they Just can track fact. that. Yeah, it's a fact. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Starting in the summer into the fall with the mandates and the boosters, there were 61,000 excess millennial deaths.
0: Paul, Dowd, Paul, hang on. That's more than what we lost in Vietnam yes, over many years. Yes,
1: is what we lost in Vietnam, and hmm. that, that were you know, was stretched out over at least over uh, more than 10 years. That's right. Um, yeah. And so if we think that Vietnam was, a uh, you know, a travesty, yeah. Yeah. imagine in such a short time, 61,000 excess millennial deaths. And uh-huh. again, I, I want to point out, you know, you know, for those people that want to just dismiss it, you know, uh, you know, it was just because we were in a pandemic. That was not uh, uh, that group of people in those ages. Uh, are not a high mortality rate because
0: of COVID-19. Right. And Paul, if I can just jump in between this article yeah. and anecdotally say, here at the Sacred Heart Chapel, we had 240 funerals uh, in one year. Okay, so I'm, wow. I am got one coming today. Again, I got one almost every single day of the year. And one of the questions I always do is I pray for the repose of the person who died. And what I've noticed is the amount of young people dying. For example, just a couple of weeks ago, 17 year old boy. He was wow. sick. He went to get to the doctor and the doctor said, have you been vaccinated? He said, no, they vaccinated him. And within eight hours he died. Now, yes. I'm just saying anecdotally, I have seen so many more young people uh, in, here for funerals and I'm asking myself, what's going on? And then I read this article and I go, I get it.
1: Yeah, it, it, it basically, what you saw anecdotally, yeah. uh, this confirmed it uh, when you with an actual analysis yeah, of the facts. That's right. Yeah, Keep going, yeah. Paul. And an Indianapolis-based insurance company announced in December yep, t- that the all-cause death rate among working-age people in the state had shot up a stunning 40% from pre-pandemic levels providing further evidence that the vaccines were causing excess mortality in uh, uh, precisely healthy people.
0: Paul, that's just the facts. And you see, what you're saying, we did that report back in December when that insurance company came out with that. The insurance companies are paying out right now and saying, we can't afford this. This is not a part of the equation. So, (laughs) So this is really important that we wake up to realize that we've been duped.
1: Yeah, we have been duped and, uh, and we all have loved ones that have taken the vaccine and yep. uh, you know uh, we can only hope Terry and, yep. and, and, and and this is what I what I fear and I know you fear it as well that um, this is you know uh, you know the deaths that have occurred so far uh, you know um, that was you know the way they looked at it the, the people giving the vaccine well hey that was an acceptable, Uh, collateral damage yeah Yeah. collateral damage yeah it's the cost of doing business exactly but we know that every life is precious we know that 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 every life is extremely precious to to god um so there's no collateral damage here but my my worry is is that what's going to happen five years down the road terry or 10 years down the road uh uh you know i pray nothing but i suspect that there's going to be long-term uh, uh, effects of this vaccine. I I, I suspect, uh, based on information that I've read, that there's <laughs> going to be problems with fertility. Exactly. Uh, yeah, which accorded according to them, that's acceptable because the world is too po- uh, too much uh, populated. You know, uh, again, uh, this is concerning. This well, is concerning it should be Paul,
0: and you know they pointed out that what you just said that it attacks the immune system of young people. And yes. so when somebody dies of something, like, for example, they they don't want to say it was the cause was the vaccine. They say, oh, <laughs> well, he had X, Y, and Z go down in his system. Yeah. But yeah. you see, this is very deceptive. And I think that telling the truth right now is what we need to be doing and not sugarcoating it. You get it?
1: Yeah, well, I, exactly. Uh, it's interesting. Um, I don't know if you follow... Um, I'm sure you've heard this, Terry. Yeah, but Pfizer actually went to court that's right uh, along along with uh, the CDC. That's right. in order to hold back the all this data and information, yeah, they didn't want it. They didn't want it released for seventy five years. That's right. <laughs> in seventy five years it w- it would be a moot point, right? That's- but uh, others have sued uh, and, uh, under the freedom of information act and said no no we need this information and the judge ruled in our favor and so this information is coming out and what pfizer and the rest of these people are concerned about is that once the the light is the spotlight is put on these facts people are going to be angry because the collateral damage behind this, Terry, is yeah. just uh, immense.
0: Well, Paul, Bishop Joseph Strickland on his hour yesterday, it'll be broadcast next Tuesday, he said that uh, regarding big pharma uh, folks, and he said, this is a crime against humanity. People yes. have died because treatments for COVID did not offer the profit margin that was held to be more sacred than people's lives. Any <laughs> voice... That tried to expose this was silenced. This is a human tragedy. And Paul, we experienced just that. We get picked off of YouTube and Facebook and different, because we would say this a year or two ago and they called us fanatics, crazy people. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, we've heard quotes from these globalists and things like that that, you know, that they were going to take this pandemic and get everything that they could out of it in order to be able to transform our way of life, Terry, in order to bring about a new order of things out with the old and in with the new. And they're using this pandemic, uh, continuing on now we- declared that the data is a smoking gun evidence that the vaccines are causing excess mortality in all age groups. And that it's no coincidence that the CDC director, uh, Rochelle Walensky refers to, uh, Refuses to answer Senator Ron Johnson's letters. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. As the ranking Republican member of the Permanent Subcommittee on Investigations, Johnson has written numerous letters to government health agencies requesting information on their COVID policies, including adverse events linked to the shots, masking requirements, and censorship of alternate opinions. <laughs> They're hiding. Fauci's gone. She's gone. <laughs> He he said hiding. They're hiding. And that's exactly right. They're running like rats fleeing a uh, uh, fleeing a burning ship.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And and Paul, I want to get to the end of this, uh, even though this is uh, when we come back from the break regarding uh, some attorneys and judges last month. They also had something to say about this. Uh, I want to also remind everybody jesse will be back on monday he's being formed by father chad ripperger a whole week of classes with the crew there on spiritual warfare so keep jesse and anita in your prayers also i want to remind people sign up for the marriage seminar it's may 7th coming up it's coming up quickly doctor um will be here and i will be here my wife will be doing it and um what I like about the marriage seminars, we're going to be using the Bible, the Catechism, and also Cardinal's Sarah's new book, "Couples Awaken Your Love," and do some exercises that I think will help you in your marriage. The way to sign up for that is go to vmpr.org to sign up online, or if you just want to do it with a phone call, you can call eight seven seven five two six two one five. And I also want to just mention to our listeners. Where Our listenership has been growing because of you. Many people are telling others about Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I had a couple from China here just this week looking at our chapel, and they're bringing Virgin Most Powerful back to Communist China through the Internet, through our app. And so I just want to thank all of you who take those cards that we'll give away for free. If you want to get some of the cards to hand to your friends, uh, just go online to vmpr.org or call us at 877-526-215 and put some in the back of churches, uh, wherever whatever you can do to get the word out. Because again, um, I think uh, it's like a half a million downloads in a month are coming up with our media. And that's a lot of people we're reaching. It's all because you've been so helpful in supporting us here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. When we come back, I want to finish up on this issue of the COVID-19 and the deaths of the millennial because this is important that we need to know the truth because that the truth is what sets us free. You're listening to The Terry and Jesse Show. We'll be back right after a quick moment. Stay with us, family.
2: Welcome back to The Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888 888- 526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse.
0: Welcome back. Paul Clay's going to be off in about eight minutes because we've got Michael Voris coming in. But, Paul, you have done a great job on this article communicating what's taking place. I also want to make sure I get your police mindset and why the facts matter here. Uh, I like uh, the part of the article saying about a group of attorneys. Can you share about the attorneys and judges last month?
1: Okay, now, speaking to a group of attorneys and judges last month, yeah. as they can as they conducted a court of public opinion's grand jury, mm-hmm. Yaden as a guy named uh, Dr. Michael Yaden. Right. um uh, argued that the scientists behind the sp- that the science uh, behind the spike protein based genetic vaccines knew exactly what was going to happen. Yep. He testified that the mRNA injections were not rationally designed designed because they couldn't work carried risks and had uncertain long-term outcomes you see terry this information's coming out now oh yeah and it's it's just it's it's just uh really it it makes me angry
0: sure it should as it should yeah
1: they did it anyway yaden said He went on to allege that the unusual nature of the spike protein was causing autoimmunity, a condition in which a body's immune response attacks its own healthy cells, tissues, and organs. That's what we've been saying all along, Terry, because a lot of, of, and and we're not doctors, we're not geniuses, but guess what? We knew that there were godly doctors and scientists out there who were speaking out, who were being censored. And, you know, and so... You know, the blood is on the hands of so many people here, Terry, the uh, the, the, these tech giants that are censoring uh, social media and so forth. The blood is on their hands as well. But, Terry, I honestly think that they could care less. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I would say that the companies knew that the spike was toxic and unstable, he said.
0: Unbelievable.
1: Pfizer CEO Albert Berla explained in a recent interview with The Washington Post why his decision to use mRNA vaccines to combat the coronavirus was counterintuitive. Wow. I was surprised when they suggested to me that this was the way to go, and I questioned it, he said. Sounds to me like he's trying to wash his hands clean, Terry. (laughs) Exactly. Pfizer had very good experience and expertise with a multitude of technologies that could give a vaccine. He said that Pfizer scientists were very good at developing traditional vaccines, but only two years of experience developing the mRNA uh, technology. You know, Terry. Again, and 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 and, and we know that when they gave us this vaccine not not you and I of course but when they when they decided to authorize this vaccine it was an experimental vaccine and
0: Paul just to remind everybody there's no liability for the company on this vaccine they would have never done this if they knew they could have been sued by the customer i think that's another element the article didn't put in
1: yeah but here's a little caveat to that the reason why they tried to keep the information is because they took so many shortcuts and, and basically uh, hid so many yeah. factual things that any reasonable – it's, it's like the law, Terry, the law says it, it this way, that you must, you know, we're authorized as, as a police officer, we can roll code three, red lights and sirens, we, you know, we can, we can blow red lights and so, and so forth, but we have to do it with due regard for the safety of others, yeah. you see? So if you, so even though you had your red lights activated and you blew that red light, which you can do legally by law, if you just blew it without stopping and pausing and making sure there was no traffic there and hit and killed somebody, you're liable. Got and it. it's, Same way with these companies. If it can be shown that they acted recklessly, without due regard, things that they should have done, then that's going to open them up for lawsuits.
0: Excellent analogy from police work. That's why, Paul, after 30-some years being a cop and now you're an evangelist on Virgin Most Powerful Radio, we appreciate having that insight (laughs) on that. Why don't we finish it up, Paul?
1: Yeah, so um, let's go. Never... Okay. never delivered a single product until the day of until the day. No vaccine, not any other kind of medicine, he explained. So it was very counterintuitive. And I was surprised when they suggested we should go this way. Okay. Berler did not specify who he met by they, but said he questioned their decision and asked them to justify it. How can you say something like that? He recalled asking. But they came and they were very, very convinced that this was the right way to go. They felt that the two years of work on mRNA since 2018 together with biotech to develop a flu vaccine made them believe that the technology was mature and we were at the cusp of delivering a product. Birler said, they, so they convinced me, I followed my instinct and they know, that, uh, uh, and they know what they're saying. Wow. Berler is now stating uh, in interviews that a fourth dose of his vaccine may be necessary.
0: (laughs) Wow, Paul, this is an eye-opener article. Yeah, it is. it, It just goes to show what we have been duped by, big pharma, uh, follow the money. I mean, billions and billions of dollars have been spent.
1: Big money grab, Terry. This exactly. is one of the big, largest money grabs in history. And guess what? The people that are benefiting from this, yeah. uh, they're not our friends, nope. so to speak. Nope. They nope. have adopted a worldview that is contrary to what our worldview is. You got uh, it. understanding that every life is precious. That we are all cr- that man is created in the imago dei, the image of in- God. They could care less.
0: You got it, Paul Clay. I want to thank you for joining us. Michael Voris will be joining us now. Uh, again, you know, you're like the uh, on deck uh, hitter every time. Jess is <laughs> out. I go to you, brother. Thanks so much.
1: All right, Terry. God bless God you guys. You. Have a
0: good day. You betcha. I want to mention before we go to Paul before we go to Michael Voris a Church Militant that Sister Dee Dee Burns, uh, she sued Washington over again COVID vaccine mandates. For healthcare workers, why am I still talking about this? I'll tell you why I'm still talking about it because lives have been, 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 they've been killed. People have been, have died because of the poor response we've had from our government and from these pharmaceuticals. And as Sister said, it looks like we're entering a new phase in the battle against the coronavirus. Mask mandates in schools are being lifted, cases of hospitalizations are dropped as the number of deaths associated with COVID. Yet something sinister still lingers on. And this is what Sister is saying. Zealous government officials have used their public health authority to impose vaccine mandates that gravely undermine religious freedom. Take, for example, Sister's situation, an army surgeon, right? She served in Afghanistan. She dedicated her time now caring for indigent, undocumented people in our nation's capital, was denied her request for a religious exemption from the District of Columbia vaccine mandate for health care workers. <clears throat> Here's what she says. I'm afraid we will be feeling the long-term effects on religious liberty from a government overreach. That's exactly what it is for years to come, unless the Supreme Court agrees to review a case involving health care workers in New York. Here's some background, folks. A regulation issued last year by the New York State Department of Health, requiring all health care workers in the state to be vaccinated against COVID-19. The regulation allows for medical but not religious exemptions. What's more, health care workers in New York who lose their jobs because of the refusal to be vaccinated, regardless of their reasons, are ineligible for unemployment insurance benefits. See, they're making everybody pay a terrible price we're not going along with this vaccine mandates. And God bless all those people who, I'm going to say, God bless the bishop in Puerto Rico who is encouraging people not to get vaccinated. And he got canned for that. Yeah, that's the world we're living in right now, folks. I mean, to stand up for the truth, you're going to pay a price. So everyone from the Pope on down is encouraging people to get vaccinated. He She said, visiting a bapt. oh my God, this is, this is what, uh, the medical, the I should say, the politicians are saying, and here's the point I'm making: We need to hold on to the truth of this issue. We've just covered why the analysis of from the CC, CDC data showing massive deaths of the millennials. That's focusing it on this. This is what we're up against today. Also, I want to be, get in before I have Michael come on. The Mexican diocese is denying Holy Communion to Catholic politicians who vote to legalize abortion. And this is the Mexican state of Sonola voted to legalize abortion up to 13 weeks. So the diocese announced, this is the way Catholic bishops should speak. Say, okay, you want to announce that? I'm going to announce this. Any of you knuckleheads who want to vote for killing unborn children, you can't receive Holy Communion. And by the way, you can't even be a godparent because you're living objectively in the state of mortal sin. You're not living a good Catholic life. Father Miguel... Blackxial Director of the Commission for Life announced that Catholic lawmakers who do this will not be able to receive Holy Communion now, in the letter addressed to Catholic politicians, Father pointed out that today we have many people scandalized by the betrayal public betrayal of the church teachings on the faith and morals by these legislators who call themselves so-called Catholics. I like this Bishop, this priest saying it. he continues indeed, the questioning of the faithful. Makes sense. How can a Catholic who openly promotes and is in favor of policies contrary to life come to Mass and approach take communion? Did you hear that, Mr. Biden? If you were in Mexico, you wouldn't be receiving there. Wow. They quote St. John Paul II's letter of, on, on, on life, and uh, it says, No law can make an act lawful that is intrinsically illicit, since it is contrary to the law of God, which is written in every human heart known by reason itself, proclaimed by the Church. I would like that to be proclaimed by all the bishops, including the Pope. Please. The letter concludes answering the question, can a deputy or a person who professes to be a Catholic while openly cooperate in legislative against life receive Holy Communion? No! Thank you for being clear. He says, you cannot approach the sacrament of communion, nor that person can be a godparent. This is really good news. I wish and pray... That we have more bishops, like Bishop Strickland, who's on our on the uh, network every Tuesday. He said the same thing, very similar to this. But we need all of our bishops to be on the same side, same page, because this is what's undermining our church. We've got too many dissenters and not enough uh, followers of what Christ has always taught. When we come back, Michael Vorst from Church Militant is going to give us an update on Church Militant news coming in later this evening. I always say we're too blessed to be stressed, too anointed, to be disappointed, and if hope was money, we'd be billionaires. Stay with us, family.
2: Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse.
0: Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. No, that's not Jesse Romero. That's Michael Voris. He's stepping in, as he does each Wednesday in our fourth segment, to talk about the Church Militant News Network. Michael, welcome again, and thanks for taking the time to join us.
3: Thank you very much, Terry. It's always a pleasure to be on. You know that. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. You know, I look at your three stories, and I'm going, man, this is unbelievable uh, I saw this memo that you're talking about. Why don't you share first? Because this is—I'm uh, actually excited that the memo is going around.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's seen, we've talked to uh, Jules Gomez, who's our correspondent in Rome, is uh, yeah. is saying that the all the talk over there is that this is actually an authentic memo. It really does exist. Yeah. It's not just some rumor. You know, I think one of the reasons that— they called Rome Roma because it sounds very much like rumor.
0: I guess because,
3: because Rome is always full of rumors. Uh, but this one seems to have been, uh, you know, authenticated. Quite a few different sources and everything else. They okay. say it's true. So what is it? Yeah, the memo, it? Uh, which some people are saying may have been written by Cardinal Pell himself, essentially rips the Francis pontificates, calling it all kinds of names and unfaithful. Just, it just you know, really lays out what a lot of faithful Catholics have been concerned about forever, you know, the worst nine years in pontificate history. I mean, it's it really lays a lot of things out. It's uh, actually claims that Pope Francis himself is responsible for the uh, Sloan Square financial fraud ordeal, where mm-hmm. roughly $500 million dollars, was taken out of Peter's Pence. Oh. Peter's Pence fund that is supposed to be for the Pope to distribute to various uh, poverty cases around the world, uh, and you know, huge hundreds of millions were taken. And they bought that big swanky yeah. apartment English. complex building right downtown London, mm-hmm. and uh, apparently, according to the memo, Francis is the one who ordered that personally. Wow. Uh, so, and it also says that he is uh, trying to manipulate the tribunal process, Francis is trying to manipulate the tribunal process so that Cardinal Bichu, who is on trial for that, uh, actually becomes the fall guy for it. Wow! So uh, Bichu is, have, is, you know, has been you know, saying right from the beginning, I'm innocent, I didn't even do it with this, this wasn't me. And uh, it, I think all of this just goes to highlight just how much, uh, how much of an imbroglio there is right now in Rome. It's a complete and utter disaster. Uh, from top to bottom, left to right, east to west, everywhere. People can't trust each other. There are, you know, there are bugs planted all over the Vatican. Uh, There are, uh, you know, international bugs and hearing devices all over the place. Uh, a number of people that we've spoken with, we have personal contact with there, so that everybody walks around in, in the Vatican uh, on, uh, you know, like on eggshells, terrified that they're going to step into some landmine situation of politics or vengeance or whatever the case is. That one guy likened it to like being in North Korea. Ah. Uh, it's yeah, it's an absolute disaster right now in Rome, and of course this is having a spillover effect on the actual business of the church as well. Canon law cases by the hundreds have come to a complete stall uh, at the CDF, Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith. The bishop's, bishop's congregation is in an uproar. They can't figure out, you know, there's all kinds of warring parties going on there. So, yeah, it's like somebody took a hand grenade and just tossed it right into uh, the Vatican and you're just living with all of this the collateral damage right now. Nobody can be right. trusted on anything that anybody else is saying.
0: I just want to confirm what you've said because I've heard the same thing from even prelates have talked to me about this. This is not uh Michael Vorst's opinion. These are the facts that are going on right now. Michael, the second story is actually encouraging to me.
3: Can you yeah. Talk it's about a, that? the Canadian parliament is actually going to uh, <laughs> launch an investigation into that fake apostate Catholic, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, Justin Trudeau, you know, his <laughs> dad was a disaster for the church and the faith. He has been, but There are people. Finally, it's it's a little shocking. I'm wondering if this is a rumor compared to you know I have more confidence in the chaos in Rome than I have in Ottawa. But uh, the the Parliament apparently is going to launch an investigation. Some committees there and say, how exactly did we launch emergency powers against a trucker's convoy? How did that come to be? How did the cabinet members of you know, Trudeau's government, you know, say, yep, we're all good with that. Let's like start freezing bank accounts and, you know, sticking the police on, you know, how did all this happen? And uh, so, yeah, that is encouraging. It's very encouraging, as a matter of fact.
0: Yeah, well, that's, I want to say the people praying that are listening to uh, Church Militant, Virgin Most Powerful, we're constantly asking you to get down on your knees and make reparation for all these sacrileges that are going on that Michael's talking about. And and I believe I really do. Our Lady of Fatima is saying that souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. That's our role. We're not in management. We're in sales. We need to continue to pray hard for these church leaders. What about the? La- uh, I mean, we'll continue. We got we got plenty of time. If you want to add more before we get to the third story, go ahead.
3: About the yeah, one. I mean this is curious. You know the the why the Canadian government yeah par- Parliament would even. Yeah. I mean, okay. Look, the, you know, we all know what happened. The Freedom Convoy got there, and yep. Justin Trudeau, you know, went bananas, and you know, turned into like little Hitler, Canadian Hitler, and <laughs> you know, and the whole bit. And he cooperated with various law enforcement agencies, yep. and all of it. And they, and it, it's like, so okay, it's over with. I mean, it seems appropriate, of course, when an event is over to conduct an investigation to make sure everything was done correctly. Right. But for the Canadian Parliament, which you know those guys are not exactly, you know, mass going Catholics (laughs) for the Canadian parliament to say, hey, all right, this is over. Now we want some answers. Who initiated this? Who approved it? Did anybody try to put the brakes on it? Did anybody ask, did anybody ask questions? How many of all of you cabinet members were involved in all of this? Is this why, uh, because of the whole COVID crisis up there, is this why Justin Trudeau, you know, had his like sort of emergency reelection, you know, so, uh, so much earlier outside of the normal process. What exactly went on? Now, what we'll be curious is to see uh, what answers actually come out of this investigation. You've got to imagine that, you know, look, Trudeau has allies in the Canadian parliament who agree with him ideologically. They may not like him personally, maybe they do, but he's got allies there who will not want the truth of this coming out. So, uh, you know, how thorough an investigation will it be? What kind of, uh, you know, judicial powers or subpoena Mm -hmm. powers, as we would call it here in the United States, what kind of subpoena power would they have there? Uh, You know, do they have to form a committee and drag people in front like we drag in front of Congress? Is there perjury? Uh, What is it exactly? I guess all that's still going to come out. But, you know, will the findings, we know, we know when organizations that uh, are allied with bad people or are bad organizations themselves do investigations, that at the end of it, the investigation's delayed, you never say, and then when it finally does come out, it's a big whitewash. So, uh, you know, we saw that with the McCarrick report in Rome, it took way too long to get that together, and then when it all came out, it was everybody's fault who'd already died. So uh, we're kind of yeah. curious, like, what's going to happen with this? Well, how, how are they going to approach it?
0: A good analogy of that would be with big pharma. The pharmaceutical companies are the ones who are in charge of monitoring the, pharma, the, the money that they donate for investigation. So they're funding their own investigation. See, this this is the kind of stuff that has to stop. We have to have, uh, you know, in objective investigations that don't have a bone in the fight and uh, this that, this is what's going on, Michael. The final thought you have, and he's not one of my favorite guys. I'm praying for his conversion because Mr. Dr. Fossey, he's he's getting up there in ages. He's going to have his his in exit interview soon, mm-hmm. and I would love to see that man convert back to his roots as a Catholic. But can we talk a little bit about him also?
3: Yeah, he was asked by a reporter recently. Oh no, you know, what's what was the question? Uh, <laughs> you know, how many jabs are going to be needed? And his answer was. Uh, we don't know. It's likely that we're not done with this when it comes to vaccines. Oh my! Like, God. Are you kidding us? Really? You're still, you know, you, you don't know if this is some sort of dementia policy at work now, or are they going to have to come up with some other crazy variant? Is he just sort of the music playing in the background in the warm-up for the midterms, so that uh, you know, all of a sudden, come September, we can announce that. You know, the world needs to be shut down again or there's some crazy thing or, you know, you have to have 16 shots to go vote or whatever it is. What is going on here? They will not let go of this narrative. And is it just pride on the part of Fauci? He's kind of singular and isolated in this, you know, with his own little bubble of a few crazy follow the science, not uh, scientists. Or is this just something the Biden administration is just leaving, playing there in the background that they can point back to in a few months and say, well, look, we told you all the way back in March that you know something might happen. So more vaccines, more of this. It, it, you know, the, even people who have gotten these so-called vax, we all know it's not a vax, but vaccine, but even many of those people are saying, look, enough is enough with these shots, sure. you know, we're done. If people don't want to get the shots, well then, you know, leave them alone. Uh, If they do want to get them, well, then fine, go ahead and get them. But, you know, everybody who gets the shot, you know, Obama got COVID or announced COVID over the weekend. That's right. And at the end of his little tweet, he said, you know, so, you know, I got vax, I got vax, so you make sure you get the vaccine, too. Like, well, what do you mean get the vaccine? You caught it.
0: Exactly. (laughs) That's ridiculous. And, Michael, people can hear your news by just going to churchmilitant.com. Every day this is done, 4 o'clock and then 7 o'clock. Our time, is that correct? Or am I reversing it?
3: You, you got it reverse I 7, I 7 always p.m. Do. Eastern, 4 p.m., your time out there in SoCal. You
0: got it. And you know, Michael, we just did the analysis of the CDC data showing massive spikes in the death rate of the millennials. See, all of this now is coming out to light. And what Church Militant is doing, everyone, and I really, some people say, well, wait a minute, they're always talking about some negative stuff. Well, can I tell you something, folks? It's the truth that sets us free, and we have to expose error. And that's what you're doing, whether it's the church problems uh, with the clergy abuses or whether it's management of money, which you just covered today. This all has to be exposed because we can't resolve the problem unless we show there's the problem. And I'm going to be honest with you, Michael, um, all the way to the top has to be exposed in the
3: church. I'm I'm sorry, I I don't think most Catholics get just how corrupt— The institutional organization of the church is—I mean, down to even the parish levels sometimes. But you know, certainly chanceries all over the country, and then you know how how parishes are being uh, organized or reorganized financially by dioceses all over the country, uh, being individually incorporated. You know, they're doing all sorts of things to hide and cover up. Block victims, sex abuse victims, or any other kind of victims, from getting access to funds and lawsuits. Uh, They spend tens of millions, probably hundreds of millions of dollars across the country on uh, legal fees. Uh, You know, the church always seems to have the highest-priced lawyers around, wherever they are in the whole state or the whole conference. They, they all seem to have that. They spend. They give. Millions and millions yep. and millions of dollars of as a percentage yep. of money that is collected in all these various diocesan campaign things. Yeah. Uh, it's insane it how is. this all how this all works. It's it, money, money, money and sex.
0: Four billion dollars just in America have been spent out on well, one point six billion for LA County. This is crazy, and it has to stop, and I want to thank Church Militant for being a leader in exposing the errors with the truth of the gospel. Michael, thanks so much for joining us
3: again. God bless. Thanks thanks very much. Bye-bye, Terry. Bye-bye now.
0: Folks, if Jesse was here, I'd ask him what state you should be living in, the state of grace. That's what he would say right back at me. Get the confession often. Visit the sacrament of the Eucharist soon. And just may God richly bless you.